0: Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off.
1: There's another, another thing that Coach P taught me um, is you don't have to be liked by everybody. And I think the guys who, the guys who are trying to be liked by everybody and they're you know, trying to be everybody's friend. I, you know, there, there's something to it. I mean, you can be that guy and still be a good teammate, but more times than not, those those guys end up being the ones that, when their number's called and when they're it's their time to go, they're not ready.
0: Welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm a former NFL veteran, and now I'm a leadership and personal development speaker and coach. In this podcast, you will hear inspirational and humorous stories from leaders of all walks of life, from current and former professional athletes, coaches, authors, experts, executives, and successful business owners. Discover how these leaders not only overcame obstacles, but also learned core principles that led to their success when leading others. So my, my guest this week is a guy who I've known and I've saw from afar when he played for University of Washington. He played with my son, Elijah. Um, his name is Nick Harris. He was drafted um, last year, went to Cleveland, got to play in the playoffs. For I mean, his first year he made it to the playoffs. I played eight years. You know how many times I went to the playoffs? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> one. I went one time. <laughs>
1: it's a hard deal. But,
0: uh, it, it, it is. But Nick, man, hey, welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm I'm greatly appreciative of you being you being on.
1: No, I appreciate you for having me. It's an honor for sure. Heard a lot, heard a lot of great things about you. And you know, I'm excited to be on here for sure.
0: Well, good stuff. Well, thank you. Um, so Nick, tell me about going from college and really just taking that mindset and everything that that comes with the college experience. And now you're getting paid money. Tell me a little bit about that let my listeners know a little bit, like what's the, what's the real.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel as if the difference now is it is, it is your job. You know, when you're getting recruited and you're You know, you're trying to reach your goals of playing college football and you're trying to, you know, that's your, you grow up wanting to play college football and it's not, it's not your job per se, you know, it's important to you and you have to conduct yourself as such, but at the end of the day, it's, it's not your occupation. You know, you, you kind of get to do it as well as going to school. So when you move on to that next level to the NFL, it becomes your profession. And you have to conduct yourself as such, you know, you have to um, master the, the details of your daily life. You have to master the nuances of um, how to continually grow over time, because in that in the, just from the one year that I've been in here, the it's easy to plateau, it's easy to stay at one one spot and kind of coast through. But I feel as if the great, the great guys and the great players that I've been around in just this short little time, as the season goes on, they become greater. So I think, I think being able to master those, those daily – whatever it may be for you, everybody's different. So being able to master those daily routines and those – you know, whether it's getting treatment at this time or eating my meals at this time or watching film at this time, being able to do that consistently – I think that's the the biggest thing that I've realized between college and the NFL. And, all, and I mean, along with that, obviously you have more time in the NFL because in college you're worrying about school and, you know, yeah, as, you know, as young, young guys, you know, we're worrying about parties and all this stuff. And, you know, like not I said,
0: know.
1: it's not, not, <laughs> not, not yeah, not me, obviously not, obviously not, but, uh, but, you know, it, it, it becomes your job, uh, so to speak. So I think, I think it's, it's treating yourself and conducting yourself as such is the biggest difference.
0: Man, Nick, I wanna to touch on a couple of things that you just said, because I'm always listening for foundational principles when I, you know, when I interact with people and see what they're about. And some of the things that you just touched about is like not just success at the NFL playing center, or playing offensive line or playing whatever position, but a lot of it is can give you success off the field. You talked about uh, having that routine where a lot of people, we just kind of float around. Mm-hmm. And you know we, we do one thing one day, we read a book or we listen to a podcast or we watch a show and then we flip it and we change it. But talking about having a routine, that is, I think that's a golden nugget to help people Uh, get to where they want to go is finding that routine. How did you find your routine? Did you have somebody else kind of help you like a, like a vet, like an NFL vet kind of help you? Or was it something that you just kind of, it gave you success in college. I'm going to keep going with this and see if it helps me in the NFL. Talk a little bit about that.
1: I think, I think for me personally, I took, what i used in college like a template let's say like i used my template of my routine in college and i took it to the nfl but i used from afar i would watch how the vets carried themselves not and now i'm not saying that you can just go out and look at any vet because everybody's different you you look at a vet and you you example like you use them as an example and you pick on the things and take the advice and see how they kind of maneuver around the facility, what, when they do certain things, you know, how they watch film, um, you know, what their nutrition is like. And I think the biggest thing is asking the questions too. Like, I know it's not easy for everybody to just go up to a guy who's, you know, 30, he's about 32, you know, he's got kids and stuff. And so It's hard, but I think being able to break that barrier and ask them questions, it helps you grow. Um, so that's that's kind of how I did it. Um, I have a, I have a lot of great players in my O line room um, who have been playing at a high level for so long, um, and they're all different. They all have their different personalities. They 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 all you know they have a different routine than the, than the next one. So I kind of picked things that I I noticed and I said, you know what, I can use that. I can I can definitely that'll make me a better player if I do that. I'm not copying their whole routine but it's just specific things that I identify with that I know that if I do that, it'll make me better. So that's kind of, I did it from afar mostly, but I also asked questions when I, when the time came, I didn't, I, did, I wasn't asking 30 questions a day, but when the, we were on the field, I, when we were on the field and he, let's say the guy that, you know, the older, older guy in my room made a mistake or, you know, got beat on a certain play. I'd ask them, I'm like, so like, how would you correct that? Like, if you had, if you were in a different situation, like how would you go about that? You know, not every vet's going to be open to telling me that because obviously it's a business. Everybody's trying to get a job, but you get those guys that are willing to, and then you seek those guys out that are willing to help the younger guys. And then that's where you go from there. So I would say, I would say looking from afar is definitely a, a, a good bet. But if you, if you are around these guys and you get to know them and you realize, oh, maybe I can ask him a question. Maybe, you know, he's a little more outgoing. You know, maybe I can go up to him and see how he does things. Then you can do that as well. But in that, and that's kind of how I attacked it. That's kind of how I went about it.
0: Um, so- hold, hold on one second, because you, you, you drop in another nugget now. I'm just gonna kind of dig a little bit deeper real quick. But you're talking about making like interacting with them, building a connection, building Mm -hmm. a relationship before you can ask that different question, because I'm sure, you know, you're not going to ask somebody about advice and you don't really know them. You don't know anything about them, but if you start to kind of make a connection with them, right. See how they are. Do they have kids? How long you've been playing? What do you like about what you don't like about asking questions, man, now this guy, you know he's a little bit more in tune with who i am and what i do right. you know right. what i'm more like i'm more likely you know i'm thinking as an 8 year vet when i played i was like man mm-hmm. that dude is not just trying to get me for information like he's asking like questions about me off the field
1: exactly so yeah that's a that's that's a, that's a huge point
0: yeah definitely so that's I, def-
1: I think- that's definitely a huge point because in in this game as you, as you know, you know, there's a lot of people are closed off at this level. You know, they're, they're about their business. They walk in the facility. They go to that practice field. They do their business and they leave. And they don't feel the need to open up to guys or feel the need to answer the rookie's questions. So it's, it's being able to build that connection. You, you put it perfect when you said to build the connection because it starts there. It start. You can't just go start going up to these dudes and ask them, "Hey, so how do I do this on this play?" And it, it, they're like, "Whoa!" Like, calm, like, calm down, buddy. Like, I don't even know you yeah, yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you hit it, you hit it right on the head with that. I think that you, you said it perfectly. Is it starts with building that connection first.
0: Yeah, and and it's, I'm I, you know I have a lot of people that, that that not just athletes or professional athletes who are listening, but I have all type of people: moms, dads, executives people who work you know, at the Chevron you know, in different countries. I have a lot of people that listen and that is a foundational principle. When you can build a connection with somebody, then you can start to get you know, quality information. It's a little bit about some of, the, some of the things that you might've learned from Coach Chris Peterson because he, one of the, when he recruited Elijah, one of the things that really sold me on him was his built for life program? Can you tell my listeners a little bit about that? And do you use some of those things that you've learned from that program? Do you use them? Yeah, today? yeah. I think
1: the, the built for life program and how that is a, a great selling point, like when you're getting recruited. Parents love the built for life. And a lot of people like, yeah, okay. That that, there's no way that's how they go about things. But I mean, it's true. That's, that's, that is literally, it was that all the time. It wasn't, that's not just a recruiting pitch. So, you know, how, so what is
0: that? Yeah. What is that built for life program?
1: It it's essentially just, it's realizing that football is a short span of your life. Football is a game. It is going to last hopefully at the, at the most 10 12, 11, 12 years, and then it's, and then it's over. And then that game's gone from you. So it's how are you built to last after that game is gone? And throughout those four years, three years, however long you're five years, however long you're there at the university of Washington with coach Pete, he was instilling these nuggets of information about being a good husband, um, about how to conduct yourself in the situations that got out of hand or you know how to control the substance abuse um you know sexual assault all these things he was always constantly educating us on these things um so that when the game of football is done and it is you know we're done with that the next chapter of your life how are you going to be able to conduct yourself in society not being an athlete anymore and not being involved in athletics anymore so i mean it definitely it I mean, it paid dividends. I mean, there's there's so many things that that, that that he's taught me and that I use on a on a daily basis. And I think it was it was huge and how I pro, how I progressed as a not only a football player but just as a human. I mean, not even I mean just these things that he would I I he definitely helped me mature. Mm-hmm. Um, going in there, I was you know not recruited highly you know i had the washington was my only division on offer so i came in there and i was mad at the world i had a huge chip on my shoulder and that's how i was when i first got there i had an attitude i thought you know everybody was out to get me you know because i i wasn't highly recruited and just being around him and being in that built for life program the things he taught and the, the the how he spoke was a big thing how he spoke to everyone is one thing that I that I noticed about Coach Pete, um, he, t- he spoke he spoke to everybody the same, whether it was whether it was the fourth string scout team linebacker or it was the defensive coordinator, everyone was talked to the same. So how just just things like that are what I feel he helped me mature as a person. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I, I, I owe a lot to who I am right now to coach Pete. And, and I, and I, I swear to you, I promise you, I'm not just saying that to, like, to recruit anybody or nothing yeah. like he, he, he genuinely made me a, a, a better person for sure. Not even so, a football player. I'm not even talking about football. I'm just talking yeah. about just a human, just a, just as being a man, you know, he, he really helped me mature in that, in that aspect
0: for sure man I love that and you know I know exactly what you're talking about because I had a chance to to play with or on the same team when I was at Oregon back in 1995 and he was a coach from Portland State and he became our wide receiver coach Mm -hmm. and you know I was a corner Uh, of course I'm going to talk you know I'm going to talk about three to his wide receivers and, you know, it was all in, you know, in jest and good you know right. good humor and whatnot. But he was he, he was a guy. He was um, I just always respected him. I could mm-hmm. never get underneath his skin like I could other coaches. And mm-hmm. um, he just he knew a, a lot about who he was. So let me tell you a little, or uh, ask you something else about, um, you know, this built for life deal, because a lot of people get caught up into what they do, not just athletes. I'm talking about stay at home moms. I'm talking about, you know, people who hold high positions in different corporations or entrepreneurs and whatnot Which they get caught up and they, they wrap up their ability with what they do and it becomes who they are. Mm-hmm. And that's dangerous, I think. I agree. First hand, it happened to me, like Mm -hmm. who I who I was and all my abilities wrapped up into me being a football player. But then when I was no longer a football player, I didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. And talking with with you right now, I think you would have success if football was no longer there because you have a it sounds like you have a great understanding of who you are and also the other things that you you know, that you can do football Mm -hmm. is, is is what you do It's not all of who you are. Right. Am I right or am I wrong?
1: No, you, you are correct. But, and I appreciate you saying those things about me for sure, because I mean, but I have so far to go, you know, I'm young, I'm 22 years old and I'm still learning how to be, you know, I'm still, I'm still learning how to be in my relationship with my girlfriend. I've been in my relationship for three years and I'm still learning how to grow in that. You know, I'm still learning how to be able to communicate with my family, even though I'm not around them all the time. You know, I'm always away from my family. And when I get so consumed in football and so consumed in my daily, you know, activity of playing the sport, I tend to shut people out. So I'm still growing in that aspect of, you know, being able to communicate better, being being a better communicator with the people I love and the people that are immediately around me. I'm still growing in that aspect. So I think football, but I mean, you you hit it on the head with the football. It, it can consume you. It really can. And I'm not just saying foot, it's not just football. It's, it's anything that you do that you're passionate about. It can consume you. And I think for me, I think the biggest thing that has helped me with that, because I had a big problem with that towards the end of my college career, I had the whole draft process and, you know, being the best I can every day so I can get drafted. I got I got caught up in it. And, it, and my my relationship, you know, was taking a toll. I wasn't talking to my, I was barely talking to my girlfriend sometimes because I was watching film or staying at the facility or, you know, doing something, you know, I shouldn't be doing. So it's it's, I think the biggest thing that helped me during that time was being able to communicate. And, and being able to, you know, sit down, and be vulnerable and just say, listen, I'm not being a good son right now. I haven't talked to my mom in two weeks. So like, what the hell am I doing? The lady that sacrificed everything for me to be in this position. And I haven't talked to her in two weeks. Like, let me let me call, let me pick up the phone and call mom and see how she's doing. It don't have to be long, but let me just do it. So being able to be vulnerable with yourself within yourself and just say, you know what? I'm not moving right. I need to I need to step back. Analyze the situation that I'm in, why I'm feeling these w- this way towards, you know, my passion and being able to just communicate with the people around you. So I think that's the biggest thing that I learned about being consumed in a passion was just learning how to communicate with the people immediately around you. I think that it helps you. It helps you kind of take your mind off of the, the passion and, and it helps you grow within your love for what you're doing because you take a step back and you realize, damn, I kind of, I, I got a little break. I'm good. Now I'm, I'm ready to go a little bit more because when you're in it all the time, you burn out. I feel like there's a, people have a tendency to burn out. Um, so yeah, I think the communication thing is huge. Was huge for me in that
0: aspect. Man, that is, that's another nugget. being able to communicate, <coughs> excuse me, being able to communicate, especially to, and show some vulnerability, especially to those who you love and those who right. love you. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's 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 valuable. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you this. You know, being a professional athlete, there's the good stuff and there's the bad stuff that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. The good stuff is the finances, right? Right. The money, the money, mm-hmm. also the prestige. You are different. Right, You walk in a room or something, man, that's, that's a professional athlete. So they already think, oh, he got resources. <laughs> they don't <laughs> say resources, but they, he got money. Right? Yeah, he, he got, got it, got he, the, got it. <laughs> he got it. Now also, the people who are close to you, not, not just you, but there are people that tend, might not happen to you, I don't know, come out the woodwork mm-hmm. and they've been your homeboy from back in the day or an uncle or an aunt or things like that. Um, it happened to me where, you know, because of your success and you're having this new platform now, you know, they think that maybe they deserve a little piece or, mm-hmm. you know, that, it, and I've heard stories, not just me, but other guys on the team that, man, they have all these problems, all these issues that come that because they have this, you know, this new platform mm-hmm. and it's out there. You're a celebrity. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like the the pluses, but then mm-hmm. also some of the minuses that that come with with being a, a celebrity. It doesn't always it doesn't have to be from you, but some of the stories that happen in locker rooms.
1: Yeah. I mean I I, I haven't, you know personally dealt with the people coming out the woodworks and stuff like that, because I grew up in a you know, I was a tightly knit group I had my people and that's really it that's how that's kind of how I grew up not a lot of people so I haven't dealt with that but from the things that I hear I hear people just I I, this is what I believe from what I've heard people just have a hard time saying no you know oh say
0: that one more say that one more time because people
1: have a hard. people have a hard time saying no so
0: it wasn't just me back in the day
1: (laughs) it wasn't just me okay okay no no and i and i think if people don't want to hurt feelings people don't want to be like oh you he he don't he don't mess with me no more you know so you know they don't want that whole situation to come about so they have a hard time saying no and it's hard i mean it's hard it's hard to say no especially if you're a giver by nature if you're if you're a, a nurturer and you and you like taking care of your people and you like taking care of the people around you it's hard to say no but it ha- there has to come a point where you're like okay I have to be selfish. It's okay. I feel like it's okay to be selfish in situations that can ultimately burden you eventually. Because when you when you go about when you go about those type of situations, people come out the woodworks, and you're just selling out things, and you're giving them things and all that stuff. You look back and you're like, damn, I can't even go do this. I can't even go. You know. I can't buy a house anymore because I gave all my, all my funds away. So I feel like in, in a sense, you kind of have to be selfish. And and the word selfish has such a negative connotation. And I wish mm-hmm. there was a, I wish it was a better word. I can't think of, but it's almost, you kind of just have to be, you have to be self-conscious of how you're handling those situations. Because before you know it, you know, you, you're down bad because you gave every, everybody you know, all your stuff.
0: <laughs> dude, I remember, uh, you know, a guy who I played with, I'm not going to say his name or whatnot, but he played, I'm not going to say his position, but anyway, he played for us uh, with one of the teams I was with. And this dude in the off season comes to me, want to borrow $25,000. <laughs> telling, telling me, hey, I'm going to get you back once the season starts. I was like, man, right? what? <laughs> you, made all this, you made all this money and then now you ain't got no money. You right. want to try to take mine and then like like you have a guaranteed contract or, or something. Right,
1: right. And I was like, man,
0: are you <laughs> kidding me? That's <laughs> ridiculous. You making six figures, high six figures, and you want to borrow 25k from me. I was, man, you better watch out.
1: And and those are and those are those situations, man, where you look back and you're just like, damn. I didn't, I didn't say no. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't selfish in that situation and I'm not sitting here saying that you can't, you can't take care of your people. Yeah. yeah, That's, that's, that's ultimately, that's my goal is I want to take care of my people, my family that's around me. I want to take care of them. But at the same time, you have to put yourself in the position to where when you take care of them, you also can take care of yourself. Because a lot of guys get into the league, they get that signing bonus, they get that money early on, and they spend all that early money on their people, and then now they asking people for money because they don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of you got it, you 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 got for like a young guy, you have to learn how to stack stack your chips, stack your money, and just know and think about every time you're on that practice field, every time you're on a game field, like. In a couple of years, I'm going to be able to take care of everybody, take care of the people around me, and I'll still be good. I'll still have I'll still be comfortable. So it's you kind of have to you kind of have to not push it, not push it off, but you just you kind of have to realize. I got to put myself in a position to where everybody's comfortable in a situation, because if you giving all your money away to everybody else around you, everything that you got around you. You're not gonna be left with nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that one of the things that you can, you know, people in general can make decisions based off of facts mm-hmm. instead of basing always how they feel. Mm-hmm. Understanding understanding the facts of playing in the NFL, the average career is three point five years. Right. Once I once I understood that it's three point five years, and on top of that, you know, I was married, had you know kids it became real easy for me to start telling people no
1: Mm
0: you Mm -hmm. know like it became really easy like hey you know I started thinking like man now now you're taking food out of my kids mouth it might not be food for today or tomorrow but maybe three or four years down the road right so it just really you know it made it easy for me to start saying to start saying no and that's you know, and it's powerful on both on both spectrums, saying yes, but then also saying no.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just uh, being able to, it's being able to decipher which you have to be able to choose which situation you have to say yes and have to say no. You can't just always say yes. You can't always say no. You know, you have to be able to figure out which one of which answer is gonna work best in the situation because you know you can't be all you can't always say no.
0: You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying, especially yeah, yeah. for
1: the people, you, especially for the people you love and the people that helped you get to that point.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's a balance. You got to really start to kind of put your life like, man. Who do I want to help? Why do I want to help them? Would it be okay if I say no, or if I say yes? Right. Or will they start to feel a certain way? You know, no or yes. Would right. it be okay when I say either or? Mm-hmm. Um, man, tell me a little bit more about you, like, you know, outside of football. What do you like to do? You play golf? You know, I'm trying. You don't want to see me on, I'm going to tell you, you don't want to see me on a golf course. You got a couple of years before you see me. <laughs> you, yeah, I'm, you, Andy, like. I'm trying. Me.
1: I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm try, I'm trying to build I'm trying to build that game. I you know I've, I've gone out a couple of times. I'm not too great, you know. But I'm I'm learning how to. The get, ball, hold
0: on but. hold on You go out there. Man. <laughs> hold on. Do you do you get lessons or you just go no. out there just to have fun? Man, okay. You're, you you yeah. gotta get lessons. <laughs> yeah yeah. I'm, I'm do <laughs> before I, I, before you start developing bad habits, get lessons. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah. No, I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it when I get some time next off season. I'm definitely gonna do it, but. Um, that and it's funny you ask me this question because this is something that I have been trying to work okay. on for a long time. You know, because I don't really have a lot of outside hobbies. I don't. I really don't. And I, because growing up, all I did was play football. I didn't play any other sports. I just I've been playing football since I was six. Oh,
0: you wanted them? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So
1: yeah, so growing up. I didn't really have many other hobbies. I don't play, I don't play video games. I don't like, I I literally have. Yeah, I know. Everybody says that when I say that. Um, But as I've, as I've gotten older and stuff, um, I've I've really tried to attack this question because I really, I really don't have many other hobbies outside of playing football. And that's one of the things that I'm not, I don't want to say scared of, but one of the things I'm real conscious about early on right now in my football career is trying to build myself outside of the game. And I, you know, I love music, I love listening to music. I, you know, I'm, I'm I I like to say I'm like a music historian because I listen to music from back in back back back,
0: back in the day and like know, like yeah. what? Like how far back? How far, how far back? Like like, like I
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I grew up around that. I, that's all I, okay. that's all I listened to growing up. I grew up around a lot of older people. So I, that's all I listen to right now is older artists, you know, the James okay. Browns and the Curtis Mayfields and the, you know, the, that, that era. So Marvin,
0: okay. You yeah,
1: yeah. So I grew up listening to that. So, so I love music. And as of lately, actually, my girlfriend has got me into reading, you know, I, I didn't read a book. Until I met my girlfriend, because my girlfriend's a book like she's a bookworm. She, I'm she send loved, you my book.
0: That's yeah. it. I'm gonna send you my book. Please, please do, please do.
1: But you know, me and Elijah actually talk about it all the time, like little books we read here and there, and we send each other stuff. And um, but I've gotten into reading, a, a, you know, a, a good amount. Of, not nothing crazy, but you know, just here and there, I'll, I'll pick up a book and I'll read it. But. Yeah, it's, it's it's funny you say that because this that's a constant, a constant thing I think about is trying to build myself outside this game. And obviously I have interest and in, you know, there's things I like, but there's not a lot of things I like doing outside of playing football. Like that when I'm in it, I really enjoy it. There's not a lot of those things. Now I like music, you know, I like, you know, I like clothes and I like, you know, art and I like that stuff. Yeah. But there's not a lot of things that I enjoy doing and I can immerse myself in and really enjoy it. So that's, I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to work on that. You know, I'm still trying to still work young. on that. <laughs>
0: you're
1: exactly. Still young. exactly. That's, that's I'm, tw- I'm 22. So I got, I got time to, I got time to, you know, build that part of myself. Gotcha. Um, what makes a good teammate? Somebody that listens. Um, I think people, uh, I think people have a tendency, especially athletes, um, they hear, but they don't like listen. They don't grasp what their teammates are saying. Um, I think people who um, are able to take constructive criticism um, and be able to not take it personally, um, I think that's huge as a good teammate. And as um, I think along with that, I think being a good teammate is someone who kind of going back to the coach Pete thing treats everybody the same. You don't, you don't treat just the starters a certain way and then the scout team another way. You know, you reach out to everybody, talk to everybody um, the same, and you, you build a bond with those, with everyone, because then everyone backs you, not just the starters back you, you know, you become a, You become a well liked name throughout the whole organization, not just these group of guys. So I think being able being able to talk, be able to communicate with everyone, um, the same is a is a huge, huge part of being a good teammate. And I mean, there's there's so many things that make good teammates. I've been around a lot of great guys um, who aren't talkers, but they're good teammates. Like for one instance, uh, Miles Bryant. Miles Bryant's one of the one of the best teammates I think I've ever played with. He's not a big he's not a big talker on the field, you know what I'm saying? But the way he conducts himself, the way that he's always the first to do things, um, the way he studies the game, the way he plays the game, it's infectious. You know, it's people mm-hmm. see it. It's like, damn, I want to play like that. Like Elijah's is the same way. Elijah is another person that I think of when I think of like teammates that I've had that are like that are easy to, or that, that are just really infectious people that people, that just want to play with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think those people who, you know, conduct themselves as such, you know, th- those are the best teammates for sure.
0: Gotcha. So on the flip side of that, you're talking about, you know, Elijah and Miles that you want to play with, mm-hmm. what type of, what type of teammates that you don't want to play with?
1: Um, I think the, the, the guy or the, the people who, um, don't know the right time or place, you know, there's, there's times to, there's times to work and then there's times to play. Um, so when we're on the field and you know, you're me kind of joking around, not taking things serious, you're not trying to learn, you're not trying to get better. I think those people or those, you know, those teammates, they have a tendency to, um, Bring bring the the competitive nature of the the team down because they there's no heightened sense of awareness around those type of people. Those people are always just chit like they're always the cool guy. You know what I'm saying? And there's another another thing that Coach P taught me um, is you don't have to be liked by everybody. And I think the guys who the guys who are trying to be liked by everybody and they're you know trying to be everybody's friend, I. You know, there there's something to it. I mean, you can be that guy and still be a good teammate, but more times than not, those those guys end up being the ones that when their numbers called and when they're it's their time to go, they're not ready. You know what I'm saying? Just from what I've noticed. Um so I think it's just it's just knowing when to turn it on and turn it off. Um, and I think another another thing, another another trait of of us of a teammate who's not a good, t- I think someone who, yeah, I think I think that's probably the I think that's probably the the best one that 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 I can think of. Something that's something that really ticks me off.
0: Okay. <laughs> that's something that really bothers me. Okay, here's something that used to tick me off: is somebody who I'm playing with, and they they're trying to do my job mm. where they don't trust me.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: You know what I'm saying? Like you know, mm-hmm. if I'm if I gotta if I gotta do my job and I don't trust Nick over there to him, I gotta try to do his job too. Mm-hmm. I hated that.
1: Yeah, no, that's that. yeah, that's it's a big that. one. I yeah. Didn't trust even think me. about that one.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like trust me.
1: Yep. I, I yeah. That's a that's a good one.
0: That's a good one for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what what makes a good coach? Who? <laughs> and, and it doesn't have to be a head coach. It can be. Yeah. Strength conditioning. It can be wide receiver, line coach. I don't know, but high school, college, it don't matter. But what makes a good coach?
1: Yeah, I think the best the best coaches that I've been around, the best coaches that I have, they weren't dictators. They weren't. They didn't. They didn't press their philosophy and press their way, their personality, and they didn't, you know, press how they do things. On you they, they, they taught you those things but then they're, they're also asking you how they can how you can help them it's a, there's there's an exchange there's a player coach exchange it's not player it's not player it's below coach it's it's player respects the coach but there's also a, a bond and agreement between the two that, that that can help each other push each other and I think those are the best coaches I've been around are ones that reach out to me like, hey, what do you see in here? Like, what do you think here? Not the ones that are like, no, I don't like that. No, I don't I, no, I don't want to hear that. I, I, I want to do it this way. Though the, the guys who listen and um and they're just good, they're good, they're good people off the field as well. You can have a conversation with them, not about the sport. You can hold, you can hold the conversation with them without bringing up practice or bringing up a game rep or you could just ask them how they're doing or just how and they can ask you how you're doing how school you know how's your girlfriend you know and you can just chop it up you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah. so i think i think those are the best coaches i've been around just just genuine genuine guys who truly care for you outside of the sport um and the guys who listen to the input that you have as a player
0: man that's that's golden right there and that's coming from, as like I said, it's not just about on the football field or in professional sports. I think if you're in a position of leadership, you're a boss or whatever. Is being able to ask questions about who a person is
1: mm-hmm. outside
0: of outside of what they do. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think, and I think, and I think on that, I think when when certain people get titles of power. They stop this the state of learning. They think they know everything. They think they know how to solve every problem, especially you know, see, like high high ranking people in whatever field. There's no there's no constant state of learning anymore. Like the hunger that they had to learn and build themselves when they weren't that that point, it kind of goes out the window because they made it and now they're like, oh, I know everything. I got mm-hmm. it. I'm good. I don't need help no more. That's so I think being spot. a Exactly. It's a danger. It's a dangerous spot. And I think the the people who are in the constant state of learning, those are the people that end up, you know, being the best leaders because they're always trying to, they're always trying to better themselves and better the people around.
0: Them. Mm, I love it. Tell me your, your best college experience on the field, off the field, in a game, in a practice, a feeling, with best or most memorable college experience? Ooh.
1: Oh man! I think the first thing when you asked that question, I thought of was when we played uh, Washington State and it started snowing. That game, oh, <laughs> that, that, that game is—I I think right now the best experience I've ever had playing football. It was so fun, and I don't know, and I don't even know why it was so fun. I think it was the way we ended the game. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball I think it was the snow the environment everything about it it was just so fun um and then finding out we was playing at the Rose Bowl unfortunately we didn't win but you know growing up I'm from Southern California like playing football that's where you want to go you want to you want to go to the Rose Bowl you know I I grew up I got I had family growing up right outside the Rose Bowl Pasadena I always saw it, you know, so when I found out we were playing the Rose said, damn, this is crazy. Like, it's, it's a full circle moment. Um, so I think those two moments for sure, football-wise for
0: sure, though, those two. That's good. All right, most memorable moment, your rookie year? Ooh. <laughs> uh,
1: I would say, yeah, that, that first game I went in, um, guy went down. I had to step up and play, you know, and it's crazy because I didn't even have enough time to think about what was happening. I, I saw him go down and said, Nick, yeah,
0: yeah. and I said, Oh, he's
1: got strapped on my own. And I ran in there and I was playing guard, you know? So I, you know, I take, I take most of the reps and practice at center. No. Um, so I'm going in there at guard, but I think the preparation that I had for center Throughout the week, helped me at guard because I mean, when you're when you're preparing as a center, you learn you learn every, pretty much everybody's responsibility. So it's like when you go in there, and you get you get thrown in there at guard. You learn you know the assignment, but there's a technique thing that's different about the two positions. The two positions are very they they have their nuances that are very different. Um, so I think that was that was for sure the most memorable man. And and in that year, in my rookie year was like <laughs> I mean it was crazy cuz of the covid stuff i mean it was yeah, nuts yeah. so it it was it was a wild year. but i mean it definitely that cuz i was like wow that that really happened especially after the game and we won you know i felt i was like wow like i can do this you know i can do this like i i, I belong here you know what i'm saying and and it gave me confidence you know it gave me and i and i, and I like to think i'm a pretty confident football player cuz i just i love the game so much and i prepare i prepare like well so I know what I'm doing um but there's always that little voice that it's like damn am I like am I good enough or like am, am I am, am I am I able to step up when my name is called there's always that little bit in the back of your head that that you think about um but when that when I played that game it, just, it, it made me feel like yeah I, got, I I belong here you know what I'm saying I, I feel like I feel like I can really play at this level and, and I'm, I'm just excited to, to be able to grow now. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm ready to build myself as a player now.
0: Mm. Man, last question for you. Is there any advice you can give other folks who are transitioning from one thing to another? You transition from college football to professional. There's a lot of people listening that are transitioning uh, from one job to another. They're transitioning from being a college student to now a professional, or even maybe transition out of relationships. Is there any little nuggets of advice you can give those people listening?
1: You you have to be okay with making mistakes. There's gonna be a there's gonna be a, a growing period. In that in that time of transition where things are not going to go well, and it, I mean it, it sound it's very harsh and it doesn't sound nice, but things aren't going to go good. They're not going to be good. You're gonna you don't doubt yourself. You don't question yourself, and you're gonna like damn, not, like this is not good. Like I'm not I don't feel good about how I'm doing these things, but pers- like persevering through that and being able to know like okay. This is just a new stage of my life, a new chapter where I, I have to challenge myself. I have to grow as a person and I have to be able to make mistakes, you know, regroup, see what, where I went wrong and then move on and learn from those mistakes and be able to slowly build yourself. You're going to go through that cycle multiple times, it's not like a one-time thing. You're going to go through that cycle multiple times. Is being, being able to be, be real with yourself, be vulnerable and know that you're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes, especially in times where you're learning something new. Um, you're growing as a person. There's there's going to be bad times, you know, and it, it sounds dark, but it's just the truth. It's the it, Not everything's going to sound good, you know what I'm saying? So you just you got to you got to be able to roll with the punches and know that instead of Instead of making that mistake and saying, damn, I'm not good enough for this. Like, this sucks. You are like, okay, how did I mess up? Who can I go to to learn how to get better at that mess up? And then growing from that time and being able to not make that same mistake again, I feel like, you know, that'll, that definitely helps in, that, in those time periods for sure.
0: Nick, you are wise beyond your years, man you are i appreciate that years man hey i'm not going to take up too much more of your time man this has been a a a thrill for me to be able to talk with you and learn more about how you think you know as you can tell it's not all about what you know what we do um it's about who we are and i think you know you're on your path man and um you know best of luck to you and thank you for being a guest on the shark effect i I, hopefully you'll you'll take me up again and and, you know be on here again with me anytime
1: anytime and i i appreciate it you know i really do it's an honor and i just i know the type of man you are just from how you raised your son that i know so i know you're a stand-up man and and i and i thank you for just being able to
0: talk to you and learn from you for sure Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Shark Effect Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at thesharkeffect.com. Thanks for listening. It's here, finally my book the ultimate playbook for high achievement you can get it on Amazon and the uh, paper paperback version or you can get it on Kindle and who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking to, to transition what whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever if you're looking to transition into something different this book can help you i break it down and i lay down the foundation of who you want to be i have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership which is influence and you got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making that can help you with influencing others and how are you influenced i have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment, and adjustment, um, recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter, developing your own procedures, creating relationship roadmaps, using adversity to your advantage, right? Because we all go through tough times, but how do you flip it? How do you use it to power you, okay? And then developing your own standards. So these are things that can help anybody, not just, not just athletes,